Welcome to the Grace Baptist Church podcast, and thanks for joining us for this episode. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at Grace Baptist Church. We'd also love to connect with you online at gracekettering.org. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy the episode. So the title of the message this, morning, this evening is, What Does the Bible Mean to You? Nehemiah, uh, Nehemiah, Ezra and Nehemiah were, uh, Ezra was the priest and Nehemiah was the cupbearer of the king. And they, uh, the children of Israel had gone into captivity, had been in captivity for a number of years. You know the cycle. Uh, they would sin. Uh, they would uh, go into captivity, they would repent, they'd get out, um, and then they would repeat that cycle over and over again. And so here, uh, God had put it in the heart of the king to let them go back to their homeland, let them go back to Jerusalem. And Nehemiah is the one that was uh, instrumental in helping them rebuild the wall, rebuild the temple, and uh, help them to get uh, the things done that needed to be done. Amazingly, they rebuilt the wall in record time, 52 days. They came in and, and restored that. They also uh, restored uh, the worship. They registered everyone. They got all the um, priests in order. They got everybody in line here. And in chapter number 8, we find the fact that they um, gathered, the people gathered themselves in verse number 1, and all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that, is, that was before the, the water gate, and they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. One of the very things that, one of the very basic things that God does for us, when we get saved, when we trust Christ as our Savior, is he puts a desire in our heart for his word, he puts a desire to be around God's people, to, to learn. And so it starts with a desire. Psalm 34, verse 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. How many of us have, have tried something because somebody said, Here, taste this. And we go, Oh, that was good. I like that. And so um, it started with a desire. 1 Peter 2, 2 says that we should desire, as newborn babes, we should desire the sincere milk of the word. We should get to the place that we enjoy the steak of the word of God as well, and we enjoy uh, digging into a, to it and seeing what we can find out of there. But we should never lose that desire for the sincere milk of the word. We should always have a desire for his word, and it starts with a desire. We need to have a desire for his word. Notice they said, bring us the law, the book of the law of Moses. We want, to, we want to hear it. We want to hear the word of God. Number two, I want you to see the fact that they opened it. In verse number five, the Bible says, and Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people. This does nothing for us. A closed Bible doesn't do anything for us. We must open it. And I know that's that simple. We start with a desire that we want to hear God's word. We want to find out what's in it. And so we have to open it. 
open God's Word. Now, I'm an old school guy. I know that there's technology and all that kind of stuff and, and Bibles on, on all kinds of devices, but there's something about having just a physical copy of this thing and just uh, this thing, this book, uh, this blessed book, and being able to just underline it, circle it, highlight it, uh, just open the pages of it and see what God has has for us there. And so they opened it in front of everybody. I want you to notice uh, what happens when they open it, verse number five. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. He was on a scaffold or a platform like this so everybody could see him. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. As soon as he opened it, they stood. That's where we get the, some preachers will have you stand as, you, as they read the Word of God. Um, it's out of reverence and respect. Uh, they opened the Word of God and they, uh, they immediately stood. We're to have reverence and respect for the Word of God. It's not just, it's not just a book. It's not something that we, that we just throw around. We were taught as kids that this book was precious. This book was holy. And uh, you didn't set anything on it. You didn't put your coffee cup on it or anything. It was, this book was to be reverence. This book was to have some, hey, this is, this is God's word. And we were to take care of it. We got in trouble if we were just throwing the Bible around or putting something on it. And to this day, if my Bible's on the, on the table, nothing else goes on it. This is, this is God's word. We need to have uh, a reverence and respect for it. Then number three, found in verse number three, they read it. Look at verse number three. And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate from the morning until midday before the men and the women that tho and those that could understand and the ears of all the people were, were attentive under the book of the law. They read it. They simply read the word of God. Get it out, open it up, and read it. Just begin to read it. Maybe you've just recently gotten saved and you don't understand. Just start reading it. Just start reading it. Take a notebook and write down, maybe here's a passage. What in the world were they talking about there? I don't understand that. I find that when I have a questionable passage, what are they talking about? I've written it down someplace, maybe in a, in a revival meeting or at a church service or the pastor opens up that very passage and you're like, oh, that's what he's talking about there. And so just get in it and just read it. Notice what it says here. The ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. Put away distractions. Get some quiet time, get a quiet space, and read the Word of God and listen to what He's saying. Listen to it. My, my wife has, there's four siblings, there's her and three other siblings, and her parents made them sit on the front row at church, the dad on one side, the mom on the other side, and if they weren't paying attention, he would reach behind them and grab the little fine hairs on the back of their head and just get their attention so they would be listening to the Word of God. You know, so many times we come to the Word of God, we're in a hurry. 
myself included. We're, we're just, I'm always in a hurry and never have any place to go. And so um, that's just the way, that's just the way I am. I'm, let's go, let's move. Uh, I'm in a hurry. And sometimes we're, we're so distracted that we don't hear what he's saying. We don't listen to, to the words. How many times in, in church have we sat there and we're thinking about, right in the middle of the message, we're thinking about where we're going to eat at. What's, what's for dinner? What's for lunch? What's, you know, and, and our minds can just go, go everywhere. We need to just open it up. We need to read it, and we need to be attentive to what it says. Look at uh, Psalm 119. Psalm 119, verse, verse number 9, verse number 11. Psalm 119, verse 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways by taking heed thereto according to thy word? Verse 11. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Someone said that sin will keep us from this book or this book will keep us from sin. Look at Psalm 119, verse 18. Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Look at verse number 97. Psalm 119, verse 97 says, Oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Oh, how love I thy law. Look at verse 103. How sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Verse 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Verse 114 said, Thou art my hiding place, my shield. I hope in thy word. This is, this is God's word. And when it's preached, when it's read, we need to pay attention to it. If we're by ourselves and doing our devotion, don't just skim through it. We had a professor in college. He always asked this question about the reading assignment. Have I read thoroughly and completely the reading assignment? It's just like, Ugh. no, I didn't. I, you know, I kind of skimmed over it. I skipped a few. That's the way it should be. Is we should be read completely, read it, and listen to what he has to say. You know, if we would ask this little, if we would just say, Lord, speak to my heart today. Whenever we come to the Word of God, whether it's at church, whether it's revival meetings, whether it's uh, in our private devotions, Lord, speak to my heart today. Show me something from your Word today. He'll do it. And so we need to be attentive to it. Uh, that was my last, next point there. To be attentive. Our, our attitude towards the Word of God is that we should be attentive. Uh, we should be listening to it. And then verse number 8. Here's, here's our job with the Word of God. Whether you're pastor, teaching a class, soul winner, here's our, here's our purpose with the Word of God. Here's what we're to do. Verse number 8. So they read in the book of the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. I'm not very good at it. But I do try to pronounce the names 
especially in the Old Testament, I tried to pronounce them correctly. Why? Because it's the Word of God. I try to be clear in reading the Word of God. They read in the, in the book of the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. You remember, uh, was it the Philippian? The Ethiopian who opened the scripture. And Philip came to him and said, Understand us what thou readest. He said, how, how can I? Let somebody show me. Teaching the word of God. This is our purpose. Read it distinctly. Read it clearly. Someone taught me that when you're reading the word of God, read from punctuation to punctuation. Read it clearly. Pronounce it as best you can. Give the sense. Cause, them, cause people to understand it. That's what soul winning does. It's taking the Bible one-on-one -on -one and sharing with them the gospel and helping them to understand what the Bible says about salvation, about sin, about where they're going. Counseling. It's taking the Word of God and helping them to understand that the Word of God can help them through their problem, whatever they're going through. Preaching the Word of God. That's what we do, is we're trying to help you understand what God's Word is saying so we know what it says, what the Bible says, what the Bible says. Teaching a class. That's our purpose. That is our purpose in everything that we do. And then I want you to see, uh, I don't even know where I'm at, number six, I want you to see the tenderness of the Word of God. Verse number nine. And Nehemiah, which is the ter uh, Tershite, and Ezra the priest, the scribe, and the Levites that taught the people, said unto all the people, This day is holy unto the Lord your God. Mourn not, nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. It had been a long time. They had been in captivity for a number of years. They probably hadn't even seen the book of the law of Moses in years. And they said, Ezra, get that, get that book of the law. Bring it out. Read it to us. They gathered in the street. He Ezra is on a platform on a scaffold so he could so everybody could see and he opens that book in front of them and as soon as they as soon as he opened that book they all stood and the Bible says from morning till midday what a blessing that would be preacher just keep on keep on going I know it's we've been here three hours but hey just keep going uh, you know and then as he, as he read those words, I don't know where he started, but he just began to read the word of God to them. And notice here in verse number nine, for all the people wept. It had just been so long. I haven't heard those precious words in so long that they wept. They cried because it was so dear to them and so precious to them. What's the word of God mean to you tonight? How precious is it to you? I know we get busy and, and if we're honest, you know, we miss some days that we don't 
that we don't read the Word of God. And then we try to make it up. But how precious is it to you? Has it become just old hat? Or is it still precious? Is there still something in there for you? They began to weep. And they had to be told, stop your crying. This is not a day to mourn or to weep. Uh, this is a day of rejoicing. This is a day, uh, this is an exciting day. This is a day that, uh, that we've got the opportunity uh, to share the, the, law, the book of the law. And so they had to be told, don't weep. Stop crying. This is a day of rejoicing. But it was so precious to them. It was so tender that they, they wept and had to be told to stop, to knock it off. Don't cry anymore. Number seven, that we should rejoice at the word of God. Verse number 10, then said unto them, go your way, eat the fat and drink the sweet and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto the Lord our God. Neither be ye sor sorrow, sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The rejoicing. We should rejoice with the Word of God. Sometimes the Word of God will step on your toes. It'll convict. But we ought to rejoice in that. We ought to rejoice in the fact that, that He convicts us of our sin and convicts us of what we're doing wrong. There's times that you'll read the Word of God and you'll just, you'll just weep because uh, it was something that you needed. We need to rejoice in the Word of God and just realize that the joy of the Lord is our strength. There's been times that, that I have been down. Uh, I've gotten the blues or whatever you say. I'm just, I'm discouraged. I'm I'm defeated. There's been times that I've worked out in the world. Uh, I've worked some jobs that, man, the, the people that I worked with were just vulgar and filthy and foul mouth. And, and you just come home and just open the Bible randomly and just start reading. And how it just begins to clean you up and just wash you and, and, and help you get back in a, in a right mindset. Uh, there's been times that I've been discouraged or, or defeated or down. And I just open the word of God and, and start reading. And it's exactly what I need. And I went from discouragement to encouragement. And just rejoiced and said, Lord, thank you for giving me the very thing that I needed. Oh, how wonderful it is. Then I want you to see number eight. I want you to see the application of the Bible. Verses 14 through 18. They have read the word of God. They've, they've, heard, they've heard it. And verse number 14 says, And they found written in the law which the Lord had commanded by Moses that the children of Israel should dwell in booths in the feast of the seventh month, and they that should publish and proclaim in all their cities and in Jerusalem, saying, Go forth unto the mount, and fetch olive branches, and pine branches, and myrtle, myrtle branches, and palm trees, and branches of thick trees, to make booths, as it is written. So the people went forth, and brought them, and made themselves booths, every one upon the roof of his house, 
and in their courts, and in the courts of the house of, of God, and in the street of the water gate, and in the street of the gate of, the, of Ephraim, and all the congregation of them that were, were come again out of the captivity made booths and set under the booths. For since the day of Jeshua the, the son, Jesh, uh, Jeshua the son of, of Nun, or Joshua the son of Nun, unto that day had not the children of Israel done so, and they were very great, and there was very great gladness. They read that in the Feast of Tabernacles, they were to build a booth or a tent, and that's where they were to dwell uh, for those seven days. And they read that and said, hey, we haven't been doing that. It's time to do that again. And so they applied the Word of God. They put into practice uh, what the Word of God said. And that's what we need to do with the Word of God. We need to hear it. My pastor used to say this, the Bible is of little or no value until it becomes part of you. It only becomes part of you as you apply it and put it into practice in your daily life. And then as you apply it and put it into practice, God's abilities become your abilities. And so it's, it's putting the, the Word of God into practice. We read the Word of God, whether it be, again, in our devotions or at church or whatever, and we see in the Word of God that we're supposed to be doing something and we're not doing it, we need to start doing it. We read in the Word of God that it says, don't do this, and you're doing it, then you need to stop. And we need to put it into practice. We need to apply it. That's where the Word of God comes right down to where we are. And if we just ask the Lord, Lord, speak to my heart. Show me something today. Lord, what is it that, what is it that I need here? Well, here's what you need. And you've been in, in church long enough that you could be sitting in a service and the pastor's talking about, about giving and the Lord is convicting your heart over here about uh, the service that you're not doing or, or something, something totally not even related to the message, but the Spirit of God has used the Word of God to uh, put that to our, our mind. And so we need to apply the Word of God. It's not just a book to, to read, throw aside. It's to put it into practice. Put it into practice. And there's some things in the Word of God that you can only learn by experience, that you can only learn by doing it. So the Word of God, what's the Word of God mean to you? Let me share my life through a poem, and you'll see that it's your life as well. It says, I've dreamed many dreams by Ron DeMarco. I've dreamed many dreams that never came true. I've seen them vanish at dawn. But I've realized enough of my dreams, thank the Lord, to make me want to dream on. I've prayed many prayers when no answer came, though I've waited patient and long. But answers have come to enough of my prayers to make me keep praying on. I've trusted many a friend that failed and left me to weep alone. I found, but I found enough of my friends that are really true to make me keep trusting on. I've sown many seeds that have fallen by the way for the birds to feed upon, but I've held enough golden sheaves in my hand to make me keep sowing on. I've drunk from the cup of disappointment and pain. I've gone many days without song. 
but I've sipped enough nectar from the roses of life to make me keep living on. Through all the ups and downs, through all the things that have, that have happened, this book, this book has been my friend and has been my companion through the ups and downs. The very first funeral that I, that I helped with, we got married in 1989. In June of 89, my grandmother died in, in November. She actually died uh, Thanksgiving evening. And I, was, I helped in her, in her funeral. They gave me, my grandfather gave me her Bible, and I took her Bible and just began to turn the pages and see the verses that she had highlighted or underlined, and I read some of those at her funeral. The Word of God has been my strength, my help, my guide, my friend through the years. Someone said a Bible that is falling apart is usually owned by someone who's not. And there's been many times that I've been tormented with, I don't know if you're like me or not, but sometimes you get some thought in your head and, and you just can't get it out. Um, you get maybe a word stuck in your head and you just can't get it out of there. And so, uh, Colossians 1.14 has been a help to me uh, in whom we have forgiveness through Jesus' blood, even the forgiveness of sins. And I've claimed that verse many times, and I've taken my Bible and laid it on my pillow so I could sleep because of the, of the torments that I've had, because of the things that I've gone through. But the Word of God has been my, has been my help. Let me challenge you. And a couple of things this evening, then I want to read one more poem. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth, but also meditate therein day and night. Don't let the word of God depart out of our mouth. Meditate therein day and night. Just get into it. Fall in love with this book. Fall in love with this book. And then read it and study it. Make it a lifelong, a lifelong study. Wear it out. Just turn those pages, highlight it, mark it, um, right next to a verse, what this verse meant to you or something, how the Lord spoke to your heart, and just wear the Word of God out. Get a copy if you don't have one. And just read it, study it, reread it, uh, read it forward, read it backwards. Uh, Psalm, I believe it is Psalm 113, verse 8, um, is the center of the Bible. And so you can read both ways. Uh, read it forward, read it backward, read it upside down. Uh, just get into it and just fall in love with it. And then find a verse to live by or verses to live by. My life verse is Psalm 32 and verse 8. It says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. And I'll guide thee with mine eye. I read that as a teenager. And I said, you know what? That's my verse. And I have just asked the Lord to instruct me and to teach me. And to say, Lord, where do you want me? 
when all the difficulties came and all the the trials that we've gone through these last two years I I had a supervisor that uh, we we butted heads um, I have never in my 40 years of, of work uh, I have never wanted to punch someone uh, so bad um, and I'm glad I didn't but the Lord used that to stir me up and as soon as we made the decision that we're that we're leaving that we're we're going to move to Ohio I got back we got back from our survey trip I hadn't even got back to work and my coworker called me and he said guess what he said guess what he said that supervisor's leaving and I laughed I, I had to laugh and I just said of course he is of course he is when I said okay Lord we'll go we don't really understand it but we'll go then the Lord worked it out and so um, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go and I'll guide thee with mine eye and he's done that through my life let me close with this my Bible and I I have a companion of, inf of infinite worth we travel together upon the earth from pilgrimage here to home in the sky, we're traveling together, my Bible and I. I have a companion, it's God's holy word, revealing from heaven the mind of the Lord. My rock, my refuge when danger is nigh, we've blessings eternal, my Bible and I. I have a companion, a heavenly light, a pillar by day, a fire by night, a lamp from the cradle, till the day I die. What blessed com communion, my Bible and I. O light of my pathway, lamp to my feet, manna from heaven so precious and sweet. For thee do I live, for thee will I die, forever and ever, my Bible and I. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. I pray that it would be precious to us. I pray that you would speak to our heart. I pray that you'd help us this evening, Lord, again, thank you for the opportunity to share your word. Pray that you bless in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To learn more about Grace Baptist or how to have eternal life, visit gracekettering.org. And remember, you are always welcome at Grace Baptist Church.